Hey guys, welcome to the Elevate Podcast. I'm Axel York. I'm Eric Corbridge. Hey guys, a uh, few purposes to the show, okay? Um, a couple things as far as elevating your skill set, uh, helping you develop uh, skills that you need, uh, practical skills that you'll use in the field and in training and developing your team. Uh, we'll talk a lot about personal development, growth, having the right mindset, really taking you to the next level in sales, in life, and in your career here at V3. Guys, make sure to check back regularly to stay up to date, get some insider tips, learn what it takes to really get to the next level, and stay elevated. Uh, what's up, guys? Here with Brody Nicholas, the founder and director of Campaign One at a Time. We are currently sitting in Manila in the Philippines. Just got done with a pretty cool impact tour, which we're going to dive into a little bit later. But first, Brody, thanks for jumping on. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited yeah. to be here, not only on the show, but in the Philippines. It's yeah. A, it's a beautiful definitely. place. So let's jump in. There's there's a lot of ground I want to cover today. We, we've been doing some really cool things over here. You've been doing some really cool things with the foundation. I just want to kind of rewind the clock a little bit and jump into kind of your, your origin story, if you will. I know you have a background in sales. I know you've always had uh, kind of this, you know, hustle mentality, just shoot first, ask questions later, get stuff done kind of kind of approach. I think is really, really beneficial when you're trying to build something and when you're trying to create something great. So maybe you just kind of take us back. How'd you end up where you are now? Man, it feels like three, four lifetimes ago, <laughs> you know, really put in that context from, you know, collecting cans after every baseball game to pay mm -hmm. for prom tickets. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of, it's always been in me. I, I don't know how to explain it. I used to do those lemonade stands until I was probably like 14, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And it was just always selling stuff to this day. You know, right out of high school, I, I got a, a mailer flyer at graduation about like a base pay appointment. You know, it didn't say sales. It was like, you know, you just show products and you get paid fourteen twenty five an appointment, base pay. Like, oh, that's awesome. Right. You know, I, and so. Back when I, minimum wage was like seven. Oh, seven twenty five yeah. or something like that. Yeah, seven fifty. So I go in and next thing you know, they're asking for uh, a check for a sample kit. You know, so I'm investing in, into this base pay appointment job. Right. But I was just like, no, this makes sense. Yeah, so many of you probably heard of Vector Marketing, Cutco Knives. Yeah, and I just kind of went all in on it, and I moved up to a pretty decent spot in the company, got into some management, and uh, so for the record, it's not a scam. It was legit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it just it lit a fire in me because, um, you know, growing up, you're selling magazines, you're selling cookies for the school, and I think what a lot of people don't realize at age 18 or whenever you graduate, you know, you're selling yourself. Right. Um, you know, and a lot of people jump into different things and I'm just super grateful that I, I jumped into a sales opportunity so early on because it taught me taught me a lot and I grew a lot of tough skin from it you know with the success I had I got a lot of no's I yeah. think to, to be completely honest I actually left the company like twice oh, yeah. you know yeah worked when made eight seventy five at Safeway yeah and this is just super transparent honest yeah. you know I went and I um, worked at like Jelly Belly and I worked mm. at the mall and the, the nursery, the plant plant place. Yeah, honestly, uh, my old manager saved me twice, and he had me to come back, come be an AM, and yeah, I just kept pushing, and once mm -hmm. again, built that built that mindset up. And yeah, I just 
just never looked back. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I just realized the opportunity. Um, you know, f- from there, in between there, however we look at the timeline, I was a musician for, for a while yeah. there. Um, and I just loved music. I loved writing. I loved being in front of people. I loved performing. I loved traveling. Um, and, you know, age 21 hits. And all these, like, musicians that I truly felt were more talented than me are becoming accountants or mm. be, like, you know, working at this place, that place, and not making music anymore. And that's when I realized, it's like, wow, yeah, I don't want to, I want to make music forever. But, yeah. you know, responsibility hits, you got rent, you got different things you got to do. Right. So I started building businesses off my music. Mm. So instead of just making music, you know, I, I start, opened a recording studio, invested into a bar, yeah. consulted artists, kind of just built all these funnels off of the yeah. music um, and then that's kind of how one of the time came from there which I know we'll dive into a little later yeah but yeah my next door neighbor was diagnosed with cancer and I saw an opportunity to use my platform uh, my shows to sell bracelets for her and use the money to help her out and you know help one kid helped another kid and we got got obsessed with it and, right. and here we are today in the Philippines yeah so that's that's awesome I want to unpack a couple of those mm-hmm. points um, you know I, I don't want to spend too long on it but you know, a lot of the listeners of the podcast, I'm sure, can relate to, to that idea of kind of what you went through through with, you know, vector marketing with Cutco as far as, uh, you know, not, yeah, getting into something and, and not really maybe expecting it to be what it's going to be. You know, the reality is, is from our point of view, recruiting, you know, it's not necessarily any kind of a bait and switch model. Like we, we try to be super transparent, but nonetheless, you know, these reps, they, they hit the field and they get blindsided in a lot of cases. So what was that? I mean, what was that initial period like for you? Do you you remember the first like 90, 120 days, like challenges? Like what what was that like? Or were you just so gung-ho that you like tunnel vision? You're like, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, there there was a part of me that was just like, wow, you know, on, on the first week we like made a list of like hundred goal personal goals we had, you know. Yeah. And I remember on like my second paycheck, I bought like an iPhone three GS, and yeah. I was like, oh, that was number three on the list. That yeah. was, you know, so I was definitely like, wow, this this is awesome. But, you know, you get you get no's, and I think that's something that it's not it doesn't come naturally, I guess, to be able to accept those. Right. And you really have to dig deep and find ways to get past that because, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I age 18, I think what people don't understand is we're all in sales. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just the people that really want to take it on and build something uh, more than just a transactional job. And yeah, that's kind of where it was at for me is like getting those, getting those no's really hurt. I'm not going to lie. And they're a little embarrassing They're especially when you got your other friends killing it. And it's, it's devastating sometimes, especially when, you know, um, yeah, you want to be a higher performer, but I think it's something that I'm just grateful that I was able to break through some of these barriers because I just feel like anything else in life, I could have just not, right? right? And that's why I think I'm just as passionate about what I do with people on a personal level is giving them that opportunity. I get that everything isn't for everybody, mm-hmm. but I feel like, man, if you if you push push yourself, and I know we've talked about this quite a bit, through through that threshold, some people's are shorter and longer than others, but you will get through it. Yeah, I 100% believe that. And that's kind of, you know, what I try try to do with what I'm doing now is being able to help people see that right? Um, and get them there. Yeah, that's huge. Tell me a little bit more about kind of, and, and you don't have to go in, into too much detail. I'm, I'm sure it's been a long time, but uh, just that point you made of like, you know, yeah, full transparency. I think I quit, you know, 
vector marketing twice. Mm-hmm. My manager, you know, pulled me back and saved mm-hmm. me. Um, what was that? What was that interaction like? Because that's, I mean, that's that's huge. That's so important. Mm-hmm. Like, and and we preach this idea all the time. Like, you know, we just we can't lose good people. Like, we got to do what we can to to save them. And I've known you long enough to know that you know, put you in in any role, you're gonna excel. You're you're gonna exceed. Uh, expectations and so I can see from your manager's point of view like this is a guy we can't lose I'm gonna do whatever it takes to save him what yeah what did that look like you know it's crazy because I didn't actually you know looking back I didn't quit just because it was hard or I didn't like it anymore it was um it was a lot of life stuff and I I bet you hear this from a lot of reps like oh my car broke down or (laughs) like oh girlfriend I broke up it's a hard time like I actually, uh, yeah, my first year in college, I went through all that. I uh, yeah. got in a really bad car accident, told my dad's truck. Uh, me and my girlfriend, my first girlfriend, yeah. broke up, um, lost everything, I felt like. Uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I kind of just stopped going to meetings. Mm-hmm. I uh, stopped going to management training. Um, I stopped making calls. Yeah. You know, and then, at, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I'm not making any money, yeah. so then of course I'm going to go sure. make the 875 as a meat clerk at Safeway, sure. um, and yeah, then and then like guaranteed pay. But then I'm guaranteed yeah. 300 bucks a week. Like right. this is legit. Yeah. This is legit. You know what I mean? And I'm just so I'm into that now. Yeah. And the thing is, though, uh, was very unfulfilled. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you know, once again at age 18, like oh t- sweet two paychecks, I can buy that new skimboard. Mm. It's just so short term minded, you know, mm-hmm. at the time. Um. It was okay, and like, you know, I'm very, very grateful for Robert, my manager at the time, to, like you said, to see something in me that maybe I didn't see in myself. Like I said, hindsight, I was always selling something, I was always hustling, I was always getting things done. Um, but yeah, he, he made me, um, there was a point when he brought me back, I was working two jobs, Jelly Belly at the mall, and Green Acres in nursery. I was working 6 a.m. to 2 p.m., and 3 p.m. to 9 p.m., and had all kinds of excuses of why these jobs are great. Yeah. One, they were a little bit above minimum wage. I think it was like nine bucks an hour each. Yeah. And then the Jelly Belly job, I was able to play my guitar in the back and okay. we watched the camera. So I, I, I was literally, it's free money. Yeah. And he told me like, no, you have to quit one. Yeah. And I've never had somebody challenge me like that. It's like, first you want me to come back on to go like right. sell knives and manage people, but then, no, no dude, this is free money. I could just do yeah. it. I was yeah. so, so excuse me. Like, no, I'll, I'll still do the sales with you, yeah. but I'm going to like keep this. And yeah. it's like, no, if you want this, you, and it's just crazy how he, he was able to have me see that. And I was so upset at him. I quit. Next thing you know, like one sale is worth like a month of what I'm making at Jelly right. Belly. Um, you know, and, and then I was able to, you know, build a team up and recruit and have them get that feeling. And that's just something like, I mean, we could go on for days, right? Very, very cool feeling. But that was really, really how it went back then is he just gave me an opportunity. He saw something in me. And I remember being confused too. Um, The last time I'd come back and that was the long haul and we built a bunch off of it. Um, I wondered why he didn't like ask like the 10 other guys that was on our team that are out working odd jobs now. Yeah. and I guess he's the only one that could tell you. You know sure. what I mean? But yeah. he, he decided to I call me. Yeah. yeah, and it was um, pretty pretty crazy yeah. looking back because now off of that Cucko job, I mean, that's something I'm, I love sharing too is the people you meet yeah. through, I'm sure, V3 and, and the reps that you guys, the culture you build. Man, I mean, I was in Robert's wedding. Uh, yeah. I, you know, we've built other businesses together. Yeah. We've done so much because of 
the sales right. opportunity and the culture and the people you meet right. in the process. So that's just something I'm yeah. excited about as well yeah. with what you do. That's that's great. I, I love what you said there as far as like he was able to see something in me that at the time I, I might not have been able to see or that I wasn't able mm-hmm. to see. Like if, yeah, if, if everybody, uh, and, and not, not necessarily like, the, the leadership or the managers, but like if, if the reps could wrap their heads around that idea, mm-hmm. like it, it would be a game changer. So, um, I have to hit up Robert, get him, get him on the show. <laughs> these days. Like, you know, yeah. Like how, how did he identify that in you? And like, what, what did that process look like? That, that'd be really, really interesting to kind of get, get that viewpoint. Um, I mean, you were what, 20, 21, like doing yeah, this yeah. music mm-hmm. gig, mm-hmm. Yep. music career. You took a really interesting approach because uh, most artists that I've met, and I don't know, maybe it just it separates the you know the the elite from the the not elite. But you know, I've met some really talented people as well that just they they don't go anywhere, and mm-hmm. I think it's just the lack of drive, and and I think they just have more of this artistic approach. You know, they'd rather just simply create as opposed to you know execute a, a vision, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's why you were probably successful there because you had the, the creative element and you had the ability to execute on that vision. Just kind of tell me where did where did that come up, that process come mm-hmm. up? I, I know having spent some time with you and, and having worked with you, like you're just like an idea machine, you know. Um, how do you how do you isolate that ability to execute effectively on those ideas? Like, and and it, it could be something as simple as like you know, just committing to a certain schedule, a certain cadence that you're going to, you're going to work. Like you have your creative time here, you have your operational or your execution or sales or whatever time Mm -hmm. in this category. Do you have a system for that or is it just innate? Like, yeah, it's honestly, it's something that I, I've talked to quite a few people this last year about it because now I'm really starting to get it at age 28. I thought it was common sense. All these times that like I would work a job, then quit a job to go do music full time and fail. Yeah. And I'd go get a job again and yeah. work and, and fail. And I, I thought that was what you do. Right. But I didn't realize not many people do that. Sure. It's just too scary. Like yeah. to ever leave a job yeah. at Target. You yeah. can't do that. You know what I mean? And yeah. um so as far as that goes, yeah, it's definitely always been in me. Once again, I didn't realize even this is, you know, like word hustle that everybody uses. I guess it really is in me yeah. um, from a young age. But but it's it was really perspective that really got me to the next level, I think, because at age 19, 20, um, even 21, I'm, I'm doing these shows and I'm opening for artists. And that, that was so cool, right, to open yeah. for all these headlining talent, right? Sure. And, you know, I'm selling $30 tickets and I'm making two bucks a ticket. Right. You know, and... Um, and and it's crazy to me and like much love to the music community but there's people like twice our age doing that model right now yeah and you know and i'm just you know just the number of it like okay if i sell 50 tickets one i'm asking for a huge ask from my my friends and family that don't probably don't even have that much money i'm has, having 18 year olds come to these shows sure. um so let's do the math on that i'm making 100 bucks right. i'm turning in 1500 dollars. yeah um I'm blowing all the money on like the people that came that night on drinks and stuff. So I'm in the negative sure. just for this opportunity, which some of them are good, right? Yeah. Um, but that's really when it hit me is like, okay, let's let's flip the switch on this. Um, very very honest, transparent, humble about I am just not the most talented artist. 
Yeah. I freaking love music, and I love, like I said, the impact and the people and being on stage, the rush. Um, but I think, yeah, the reason I had some success there is I was able to turn it into a business. Um, so instead of just taking all these promoters' deals, yeah, I just went straight to the source. Yeah. I just went to some venues, like, hey, right. what would it cost to rent this place out? Mm. And I run my own shows, mm. you know. And, and then the other thing I ran into is, you know, nobody takes you serious unless you have a manager. Mm. Cool, twelve ninety nine GoDaddy domain, and I <laughs> I start sending emails to people booking Brody Nicholas. Yeah, and then things just start to click, right? Yeah. And then it's like our Cucko office. We're like, okay, well, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna close down the office because I guess I think we were all all going a different direction. We've got this lease. Yeah, let's let's uh, put some music equipment in here. Yeah, you know, we need a place to record anyways. Right. And then oh, this artist needs to record this start start selling hours yeah you know and it just it was this snowball effect of just like seeing what is the need mm-hmm. in where you're at yeah let's stop being like at the bottom of the totem pole and right. see if we could you know it's a, it's a little harder we have to invest money right instead of yeah. make the two bucks a ticket right but then i'm not gonna lie it's a pretty cool feeling when you do a show and you know you've got yeah, net positive <laughs> yeah stacks and yeah. you're paying artists three four bucks a ticket right you know paying them better yeah uh they love it they yeah. they love you know what we're doing yeah and we're we're building crowds out you yeah. know and so that's kind of where it was for me um but you definitely have to be be scheduled with the time management I actually went there was a good three four years there maybe even five i went to a paper planner yeah yeah just at a paper planner which robert actually you know introduced me to and i was like i got the iphone and it's right, like yeah. Um, it was really, really nice. And now, you know, with everything we have with iCal and Google Calendar, there's so many things. I'm, I'm back to the tech side back of it. Digital, yeah. yeah um, but yeah, it was very, very strict um, right. because, you know, it's like, okay, these hours, you know, we're renting the studio. We have this stuff. But yeah. I had my own personal deadlines for like CDs I was trying to drop and stuff yeah. like that. We had a band we were managing, you know, all these different things. Right. So I think time management is a, is a skill everybody should put some time into developing. Sure. Um, because even at, at this point now, you know, having a company at one at a time scale, mm-hmm. you run hours in the day. Yeah. You really run out of hours. Oh, yeah. Um, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. And so now it's just like, I mean, even with this trip, we've dealt with it, right? Just yeah. running out of hours. And it's like, yeah, if we got to, you know, keep keep pushing and delegating the right way and um, building out that time management. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, even this this recording, you know, we, we planned this basically day one and it got pushed back, pushed yep. back, pushed back. And so, you know, here we are squeezing in before our, our flight out. Always so, making it happen. Yeah. Um, that's, that's great. I, I want to just deep dive a little bit, just kind of, kind of tie that all together. Um, you know, and obviously we, we've talked, uh, prior to the recording about how the skills that you've developed from like a sales standpoint mm-hmm. doing, you know, like direct, to consumer direct marketing, you know, these face-to-face sales um, has really helped you in, in your success. Like what's, yeah, what, what part of that has been the most beneficial for you? Like where, where do you see like, yeah, like, where, where have you had that feeling of like, man, thank goodness I did what I did over here and I developed these skill sets. Is there anything that comes to mind that's, that's poignant or? Yeah, it, it's just really, um, the biggest thing that I think I gained from sales, which I feel like sometimes people don't get from sales at the forefront, mm-hmm. is patience. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I know it's super cliche, and I, you've probably seen a lot of Instagram videos about patience. And it's, sure. it's legit. I, I feel like um, I I didn't 
even though I got success with sales, I actually didn't excel as fast as some of the other guys. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking like, oh, this, this sucks, you know yeah. what I mean? And, um, totally. and now, like, I, I've been out of the cuckoo game for years. I still get calls about, hey, you got Because, you know, I was just like, I That's built awesome. genuine relationships with yeah. my customers and my leads. And um, I was just always patient about what I wanted to do. And now everything is so long-term. You know, right. we don't want to be um, lackadaisical and be like, oh, it'll happen. You know, yeah. you still got to put the work in and the time. But the patience um, was a big thing that I think I gained from sales um, that that grew tougher skin for me that made me realize, like, okay, like, it's just not all going to be cookie cutter greatness right. the whole time. Um, but once you, like, buy into that, I think everything starts to flow. So even when you have ups and downs, like, you're, you're leveled out and you're going. Yeah. I know we chatted about, you know, my whole thing I tell people is like the three-year perspective. Yeah. Um, when I was grinding with all the music stuff, I was building all these different things and, you know, um, f- different friends parted ways. I, I'll be completely honest. Like I had a group of friends that I, I parted ways with and they they were like, you know, we were all like 20, 21, 22. And I was like, you know, big dreaming, big vision, doing building these things, and they just like wanted to like smoke weed all the time and right. um, work on cars and um, yeah, they were just like uh, your typical you know bros. Sure, and I, yeah. I was one of them. You know, we were all friends and stuff. Right. But I just thought like, yeah, I gotta I gotta keep pushing forward. Totally. Um, you know, we kind of lost touch, and sure. a few years later, I, I stumble across them on Facebook, and they're flipping houses and mm-hmm. um, they're making good money and they're happy, and and it's just like wow, that's it was so cool to see. Like, I'm really happy for them. Yeah. Um, and it, but it made me really realize, like, that three-year mark, yeah. That that's, for me, I, some people it's six months, some people it's ten years, but you really stay true to something for three years, like, you could change your whole life. Um, I know you've got an awesome story. Yeah. Um, I Once again, I just came from lifestyle. Nothing was really handed to me. I had to hand-build things, and sure. I, I was honestly really salty about that younger. Like, oh, yeah. all my friends have their college paid for. Like, I'm... I'm so freaking happy that my college wasn't paid for now looking oh, back yeah. that I had to like grind and I dropped out and I yeah. couldn't afford it. Like, it all happened for a reason. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah. three years, no matter where you're at in life, because I've, you know, I'm not going to really hit it hard on this podcast, but I went through some hard times and yeah. was down low. But like you just made that decision to look a little past the one to three month goal plan. Yeah. Um, and, and it's crazy looking back three years. Now we're looking back four or five years and, and now I'm looking ahead years right. ahead and I'm so patient knowing that I'm not going to get that yeah. for a few years Yeah, but it's okay because yeah. it's, we got progress totally um, couple couple points there like the I, I see that all the time with, with new reps where you know it kind of ties in what you, you mentioned you know I was laughing to myself like you know yeah I got a really bad accident girlfriend broke up with me and like all these people pop into my head that mm-hmm. I'm like yep, yep that was his that, yep yep like I've heard mm-hmm. this all before um, and, and just that same idea of not, you know, not sticking it out and, and not grinding it out. Like you're, you, you want to be empathetic to these, you know, people's situations. Um, cause what you really want to do is just be like, you know, dude, suck it up. Like just push through. Like mm-hmm. I, I promise you're going to get through this, you know, this pit of despair, uh, as, as we call it, it's just going to take some time. Mm-hmm. Like, and when you get to the other side of that you know pit like you're going to be so much better off you're going to be so much happier the the growth that you'll have experienced like you're going to develop this thick skin right you're you're going to be 
you know, mentally calloused, as, as David Goggins would put it. Like, that in itself is so valuable, um, you know, monetary gains aside. Like, if you can develop that, you're going to be set up down mm-hmm. the road. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just going to be a natural byproduct of, of that situation. Um, and then, you know, as far as, you know, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I could, I could be projecting, but I think one of the most valuable skills that somebody can develop, um, definitely that, that patience idea, you know, I, I say it all, I think I stole this from Gary Vee, but macro patience, micro mm-hmm. speed, mm-hmm. um, long game, you're, you're, you're patient, you know, you're, you're biding your time, but in the short term, like you're making moves quick, you're, you're executing, um, and the other skill would be just an ability to like learn and, uh, and adapt, you know, mm-hmm. shout out to Jeff Smith, one of our, our managers. That's good guy, you know? Yeah. Solid dude. And that's kind of his, his tagline now is just, you know, um, will be defined by our, by our ability to adapt. Um, you have to be able to adapt and you have to be able to learn. And if you can develop that meta skill of learning, um, I think personally for me, it's, it's probably the most valuable thing that I've done and I still have a lot of work to do on it but just the hunger for learning and being able to take these things that you've you've learned and you've experienced and translate it into what you're doing and continue to do things that are going to develop you like when I started selling it was you know going to Toastmasters it was reading as many books as I could get my hands on it was you know watching you know training videos on on YouTube like I'd literally for a a point in time there, I would like, um, you know, those like online, like landing pages, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you get a quote now, blah, blah, blah. I just freaking fill those things out and wait for salespeople to call me just to like, okay, what's their pitch? How are they, how that. are they selling? Is there anything they're doing that I can utilize? Like obviously very different sale. Cause that's, you know, kind of cold calling esque versus like knocking doors. But if there's some little like nuggets of wisdom I can pull mm-hmm. out, I'm like, I, I want, I want that. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's really cool that you've been able to kind of parlay, you know, from, from, you know, Cutco to, um, the music career and then, and then into, to one at a time. So I want to kind of dive into that now. And, and that's a really cool story in of, of itself. So maybe you can just kind of share that uh, as far as like, what was the origin story with that? Like how, yeah, how, how do we get to where we're at? Yeah. Yeah, five years ago, uh, just about exactly. I yeah, was, this I think my twenty fourteen yeah was like my music year. I had a yeah. lot of big opportunities, did some really cool stuff, and not only was I making music and you know growing the following and sales or whatever, I was like building these businesses. You know, I right. had a recording studio, I had this bar, I had uh, different deals, I had artist house consulting. Like it was just booming. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm human, and I, f- I felt like there was something missing. Right. Um, they'd gotten out of, like, a four-and-a-half-year relationship. There were, you know, family okay. problems, sure. um, e- even down to the business stuff. Like, yeah, I, I own a studio, but it also costs money. Yeah. So when artists are not paying me or, you know what I mean, yeah. I'm being passive about this or that. It's just, like, it adds up, you know. Cool. And, um, yeah, I was actually going through a really, really hard time in life that uh, I never showed, you know, the gram doesn't show that, you know, right. and um, I'll just never forget sitting, sitting in my studio and, you know, there's this little girl next door that played basketball every single day for the last like five, 10 years, I would see her playing basketball 
And one day I saw that she wasn't outside anymore, you know, and a day went by, two days went by, a week went by, finally ran into her mom and, you know, she let me know, yeah, Sam uh, went in for a doctor's appointment. She had some leg pains and um, she was diagnosed with leukemia and she's, you know, staying at the hospital now. And yeah, so fast forward back to the, you know, I'm sitting in the studio, two beers deep, like just thinking about how hard my life is and how hard it is to make my family proud of me and how hard it is to do all this stuff. And then I realized it wasn't that hard. It's not as hard as what Sam's family is going through. Right. Um, and it was just this like flip flip of a mindset. Like I, I can't explain it to this day. And I think it could be correlated to just anything in life you're doing, mm-hmm. but just going from such a low point and realizing like I still have this opportunity. Yeah, I have an opportunity to make a choice. Right. And it's just perspective. And from that moment, I just didn't know what I was doing. No business plan for the nonprofit. Didn't even know what a nonprofit was, to be honest. Like, I called a couple friends, knocked on our parents' door, and we started selling these bracelets at my shows. And we used all the money that we raised to do some cool stuff for her and got to see her learn how to walk again and rehabilitate. And um, it was freaking awesome. And we were like, let's help another kid, you know? And I drove out and met this little girl in San Francisco. And sponsored her got her first electric guitar and did all this stuff and sponsored another kid and it just became this like snowball effect and it was we were obsessed with it yeah um and then you know we became a 501c3 in 2016 and uh you know i started scaling in 2018 and we just haven't looked back yeah and now we help kids all over the u.s and as we sit here in the philippines we're helping kids all over here in the philippines and it's just it's wild and you know i want to leave leave this little bit here for any any rep or any just human listening that's going through a hard time is like you you touched on it if you could just make that shift to just create action and go do it yeah whatever it is right like once again i didn't help my next door neighbor because i thought oh if i help her i'm going to build this huge organ but just just taking action um and and plunging in whether it's making that next call and we've we've gone over this too it's crazy how many times i've been done at this day of uh, success and mindset there's been times where I'm like yeah I'm just done making calls and I force myself to make another and it turns into another sale yeah or donate it's the craziest thing and it's oh, yeah. so cool and it's so fired up um, but what I want to leave on the table is for anybody going through a hard time if you can just have that patience in the moment but that that automatic action to go do something yeah you're gonna be so grateful for the hard times yeah. like i freaking love talking about hard times like oh, yeah. because if i didn't have any hard times i'm not gonna lie i might still be like living at my parents house have a little day job because sure. everything's perfect right there's no reason to leave right you know like and not having the best situation back home all the time not having the best financial standings it's i'm so grateful for it yeah freaking push me to where I'm at now where now we travel the world helping kids yeah. and giving other people that that inspiration and that influence and that impact and yeah. I, I everybody asks like how's how's this going how's that going my answer is the same every single time grateful for the opportunity yeah unreal okay that's great just just having that that tenacity um is is huge right like that that n- not giving up mentality mm-hmm. coupled with you know, the, yeah, just that, that patience and that, like, you know, the, the drive, the grit to push forward. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Yeah. Let's dive a little bit deeper on this. Just, just for, you know, those listening to to the show, first of all, we'll, we'll throw up a link to some, uh, one at a time stuff in the the show notes so that people can check it out. And, and if they want to 
you know, donate or contribute to the, the cause, they can do so there. So let's let's just go like I don't know if you know the stats off your head, but like, do do you know like year by year like mm-hmm. how many kids? Just about yeah. So first year twenty fourteen was in cash and envelope. We helped three kids, okay. you know, and um, uh, the next year uh, our second child Emily she actually passed away, and I mm-hmm. kind of quit one at a time because I I didn't know that comes with the yeah. territory. I thought we just go help kids and make them laugh and smile. Right. Didn't didn't realize some of them don't make it. So when that happened uh, in 2016, we, uh, like, yeah, I took, like, nine months off. I didn't do anything. Um, and that's when we just became a nonprofit, too. Um, and then I, I found, I heard a story about a, a child in my hometown. I was living in L.A. at this point, but my hometown of Rockland was diagnosed. And I was like, well, let's sell some hats for her and bracelets and make yeah. some money for her. Um, and then that, that year, you know, kind of got, got that drive back of, like, wow, right. this is awesome. We helped, I think, five kids that year and then in 2018 we sponsored um like 10 kids or whatever and then i mean this year we've we've contributed and sponsored to hundreds and i think we're going to break the thousand mark um yeah and and so 2018 with the sponsored kids we also helped a few hundred other kids uh with mass giving projects so it's crazy how it went from just a few kids one year to honestly a few kids the second year third year okay like you know right 10, 15, then 2018, a few hundred, and this year's like pushing a thousand. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty totally. cool. That's, that's awesome. So, like, how would you describe one at a time to, to somebody that's like never heard about the organization and they're like, hey, what do you guys do? Yeah. 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 So, basically, um, our, our biggest thing is we bring joy and support to children battling cancer and other life threatening illnesses through, through multiple ways. Something we're really, prideful of is the personal relationships we build with the families and yeah. the children and it's not just about the fundraising and the gifts and the trips and the experiences yeah. yeah we have that part of it but something we're really proud of is you know we spend one-on-one time with them in the hospital and their homes yeah. creating a sense of normalcy for them during a time that's really anything but sure um we deal with a lot of kids that well i mean cancer sucks all the time but yeah. you're you're learning how to you know be social with people right. some of these teenagers are becoming adults and they're getting hit with cancer where now, you know, physically they're looking different. Physically they're unable to be part of normal yeah. things. Uh, so for us to be able to come in there and, and just spend a little time with them and see that their mind shift yeah. from being a little uh, lethargical and, and depressed sure. to just uh, just happy for that moment and maybe leaving them with an item or, or, or something where they can they can then build up their confidence and right. and, and spend you know, pass the time while they're going through this hard thing. It's something, something really cool. And that's what we do for them. Yeah. Um, so we, we help a lot. We do a lot of like mass giving projects, go to the hospitals and feed the families. Uh, once again, spend time with them. We have these impact projects where we travel to different cities, do different events. And we have something called the spread good squad where, uh, we in, empower volunteers from all over to get involved. A big thing I realized once I, I got into this nonprofit sphere is a lot of people, just about everybody want to give back. Yeah. Everybody wants to give back. They just don't know how. Right. They don't know who to call. They don't know who to trust. And we try to be that one-stop shop for people to, wherever you are in the world, if you want to get involved, you put an application in with us, and we'll find some way for you to impact your community yeah. uh, or the Oregon in general. Yeah. So that's great. That's kind of kind of what we do. It's awesome. Yeah. So I I mean I know I've described the the foundation as kind of, you know, almost a you know, big brother, big sister mm-hmm. program meets, meets make a wish, yep. right? Cause you're, you're not only helping fulfill some of these, you know, wishes, like we've, we've seen kids that want to, you know, go to Disneyland that have mm-hmm. never been, 
Um, you know, they want like a, a clubhouse or a treehouse or something mm-hmm. built. Um, and then I, I, but I think that aspect that you, you mentioned as far as spending time with them, um, just me personally having seen that firsthand, I think is easily the most impactful. Like you could almost, you know, get rid of the, you know, the, the trips and stuff right. and, and still make a really big impact. Is the, is the spread good squad something that like helps you guys kind of scale that, that human touch? It, like, it definitely does. And for me, just as passionate as I'm about helping kids with cancer, I'm just as passionate, like I talked about earlier, sharing that perspective. Yeah. Because going through the hard times, seeing what Sam went through, seeing that my life just wasn't that hard, I feel like is just so crucial to just everybody right. in this world. Um, because I feel like if you can make a billion bucks but never, never get to see see that side of life yeah you just haven't seen it you know you haven't seen it all and i feel like um it's pushed me to do everything better whether it's work the way i interact with my family and friends it's just it's a really big thing yeah so with the spread good squad yeah it's just for people that like i said want to get involved in something they just don't know how they maybe stumbled across one of our videos or our pictures um and yeah giving them that opportunity to get hands-on with a kid or with their community and for us, we're then able to help more people without our core team having to travel as much as we love to travel. That's a big basis of our culture. Yeah. But obviously keeping efficiency down, we're sure. able to just train somebody on Skype yeah. to go into the hospital and go do a project or yeah. uh, go drop off some shoes and clothes to right. a, a local family or whatever that is. Yeah. So that's really what we're trying to do with it. Like that's you awesome. said, spread the human touch. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, I've seen these kids' faces. Like, hmm. it's it's incredible. Yeah. Like, and, and you've built a lot of lasting relationships like just have the second second annual one at a time gala in uh was it roseville Roseville Mm -hmm. this last year at the falls and um cool thing is you know some people listening to this podcast uh were able to attend that event Mm -hmm. and and see i think sam was there yeah sam was there child yeah that that was sponsored um and a few other people that have just been impacted and and touched by what the the campaign's doing um so that's that's great let's Let's jump in. Uh, what what one at times doing in the the Philippines? What was the first trip like? What were your thoughts going into that? You know, V three's been able to sponsor some of these trips. Mm-hmm. I, I know there's like, you know, a formal program involved with that where mm-hmm. people can get involved, can help fundraise, and actually you know go on one of these these trips or these expeditions. So let's talk a little bit about that and. You know, having seen the, the first one and the second one, both were organized really well. This this last one was awesome right. to, to yeah. see. It was just, yeah, super organized. Um, so, so props to the team for putting that together. But what were your thoughts? Like, you had never even been to the Philippines no. when this kicked off. No. I mean, I think it brings us back to January of this year, right, 2019? Yeah. So it's crazy to think it's only 11 months ago. You know, we're in a board meeting, and uh, you brought up, like, man, we should, we should try to help some kids in the Philippines sometime, you know? Yeah. And I was like, that actually sounds like a great idea. And I had never been um, from your stories and other friends of ours. I hear the dollar go so much further there. Yeah. It's like, well, let, let's do it. You know what I mean? And, you know, we got V3 involved in yourself and we, we put together a trip uh, impromptu um, in April and with a goal to sponsor five kids. Because here in the States, you know, we sponsor usually about a kid a month right. on a big scale. So we're like, okay, if we could do five in a week, that's just like blowing out of the water. Yeah. Like, you know, let's do this thing. Um, I had our operations manager, Josh, here on the APAC team, reach out to another nonprofit out here, get some profiles on kids. 
Um, and we got our five kids lined up, ready to rock, you know. And it's like a few days, I think, before we take off. And Josh is like, oh, we got more applications in, but, you know, we can't service them because we already picked our five. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll try to get them on the next trip. I can't really remember how that went. But all I do know is once we, we land in the Philippines, huge culture shock, completely different. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. wow, there's like roosters all over. <laughs> like you could touch the car next to you. The traffic's so crazy. Yeah. And uh, Driving on sidewalks. Yeah, literally. We go to that first house and, you know, we, we had our team and the kid was so sick that he couldn't even interact with us. Yeah. Remember? And I just yeah. remember we we had to walk through this, I don't know how to explain it, just run down province. Yeah. Um, and then to get to their home, we had to take like two or three flights of stairs and we climbed a ladder into yeah. this hut that was in somehow built into this house. Yeah. Um, I was legit, like, kind of worried about like, like falling, falling through, through the floor. right? Yeah. And so, w- there's our team in there, and and it is just so hot. People talk about you know the Philippines is humid. Now we are in this hut, like on the fourth story. Right. It's like metal roof. What what just... what is the like the square square footage on this place? If you could say, like, it's just unreal. Like, oh, in the house, in the house that we were in, the, um, the room, like, man, square foot. Like, it had to have been. I don't know, thirty or forty. It, feet, it's like, it, like that small. Yeah. And and it just hit me there that like wow, once again like cancer, it it sucks to have cancer. I hundred yeah. percent like in America, not taking anything away from that. Like it's horrible. Yeah. But to have it and then live in this condition. Right. I couldn't imagine. And yeah. to see this kid, he couldn't even talk to us. He was like sleeping uh, in and out of sleep. And yeah. um, you know, great mom. You know, she she was telling us how she sells all these peanut butters and stuff to fund his treatment and right. you know and then we obviously left some gifts and and some donations for her to get through the next month two months and um it just hit me hard it's like wow this is unreal that this is their life yeah you know and then you know we went to the next house visit and then you know i told josh it's like hey did you say we have more kids he's like yeah you know i was like call i it's just like props to josh man for making this happen i was like call all of them i want to i want to sponsor more kids and yeah. he's like oh brody we have a schedule i was like no just figure it out like yeah. let's let's go do this thing right. and we end up going into the market and um it's a place called market market and finding a mcdonald's and once again just i guess like the hustler in me is like we're in a third world country uh-huh. and i was like i need to find a venue to help more kids we end right. up renting out a second story of a mcdonald's yeah. uh with three days notice and we end up having 14 other cancer families come out on top of the other five that we were sponsored. So we sponsored 19 families in one week, yeah. which was just like crazy. Okay. Like for us, it was unreal. Like how can we sponsor that right. many? It's going to 4X your yeah. impact in a matter of days. And yeah. once again, just like a lot of my life, just like impromptu decisions, taking immediate sure. action. Yeah. Like, And that's the whole thing is like, what are the chances that we're here right now and there's this need we have to figure this out. Yeah. Um, and once again, I think that concept can be pulled into anything, oh, right? Yeah. Um, and, and just not letting moments pass us by or opportunities pass us by. Yeah. And by well, making it'd be so easy to make excuses and like, or like, oh, we're already helping five kids. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot, right? Yeah. Let's just take it easy the rest of the trip. Right. Like we're, we did what we said we'd do. Sure. Like yeah. that's not what it's about. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like let's go take advantage of this opportunity, and it's the same thing with once again recruiting and, and different things going on, right? It's yeah. just like, let's let's go make the most of this day. Yeah. And so we did that, and once again, blown out of the water, like, oh, how could we ever do that again? That was crazy. But let's go back in December. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you were at that first party. Like, we're, we're on, on pace to help over 100 kids 
yeah. just this week, including care packages and different things we're doing. That right. first event that we threw, 64 families, I think, came. Yeah. Well, on the first day, we yeah. got to the Philippines. It was packed. The line was out the door. You would think you're at like some huge concert. <laughs> right. You know, we rented a, another McDonald's. Or was, yeah. Jollibee. We rented out a Jollibee. Yeah. yeah. And so basically just the fact that we were able to help that many families in such a short period of time, it just blows my mind. That's what makes me like super, super stoked to keep coming back here and impacting. We're going to start an outreach program where we're going to be sending clothes and shoes monthly out here yeah. to just help more kids because once again in in the states where we're doing some pretty cool stuff for the kids you know sending them to disneyland different theme parks um different events different items and you know here some of these kids you know we got their wish lists and like the wishes groceries you yeah. know and a bunch of kids like the wishes a new pair of shoes right you know and you go into these home visits and everybody's barefoot yeah. and, and it's just like Whoa! Yeah. So so to see them open this pair of shoes and be so excited, it's right. just like um, I I don't know how you can't get fired up on it. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, no, the I mean the look on their faces is, is amazing. You like, would think you just sent them to like you know just made all their dreams. Yeah, through, sending them well. on like all inclusive yeah. cruise or something. Right, and it's a pair of shoes, and they're yeah. just losing it. Right. Well, uh, and, and the crazy thing, I mean, you you can buy a pair of shoes over here for you know, mm-hmm. ten bucks US, fifteen so bucks US, so cheap. Like, it's yeah. it's it's really really cool and um that you know that's why we're out here and that's why we're going to continue to come out here and we built out a program um actually i'm sure you'll leave some links in the description about yeah. like if you're interested in joining us on one of these expeditions we're bringing a new roster of people out with us in may yeah um you know so get in touch if you're interested we could we can see if we can uh have you joined the spread good squad but yeah. we we are so stoked to be here and you know i already had a meeting with josh last night and let him know like yeah, no more renting out Jolly Bees and McDonald's. We need to rent out like like, venues. Venue. We, yeah. yeah, halls. And yeah, we're, we're looking to have our, our parties um, in May service a few hundred people a day. Yeah. So we are very, very excited to keep growing the APAC team and helping people in need out here. It's awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you for being part of it. Yeah. So real, real quick, we're I know we're running on time here. I, I, want, I want to go through just one last thing. Um, you know, I know some of this is we're still kind of up in the air on. Feel free to share as, as much or as little as you want. But I, I want to talk about uh, one of the families in specific that we we came out and we sponsored on the initial visit. Um, I think it was what our third visit of the day mm-hmm. or, or something. Um, Claire and, mm-hmm. uh, and and Harley, and so Harley has a, a congenital heart disease. Uh, disease. Mm-hmm that he's had since birth. We, I mean, we visited the, the home and it was, I mean, it was similar to the fir- very first child that we had visited right. where it was like, it, you know, you, you come in and part of the idea is like to get to spend time with the kids and like, you know, they they get super excited mm-hmm. when, uh, yep. you know, a bunch of Americans roll up. It's it's actually kind of funny, but just the amount of joy that they get from that. And, and so you, you look forward to that on mm-hmm. these home visits. Um, and, and it's a, it's just really sad when these kids don't have, you know, the energy or they don't have the, you know, physical capabilities to like, you know, play and, mm-hmm. and, and get involved. Um, and so it was a similar situation, um, just kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum where, you know, I think he was a little cranky cause he, he hadn't had his nap yet. And because of his heart condition, um, the family was worried about him having, you know, like, like an episode. And so they, they had to put him right to sleep. Um, we still got to spend time with the family. 
um, brought him some gifts, brought him a, one of the little like Walkers. baby walker things because yeah. you know with the heart condition he can't he can't walk for a long period of time and you know I know the family's concerned about it as he gets older there's a lot of risks like just the the minor stuff is can't play with you know kids his age he he essentially can't have a normal life nope. as, as a child over here um, and then the more severe is like you know stroke um, possibly even death, death. you know no, it's if, definitely life threatening if it's not not treated properly. Um, so maybe we just dive into that and kind of, you know, what, what we're going to be able to do for, for Harley and the family and what we have done already. Yeah, definitely. So, so with his condition, it's, it's really tough. I, once you, like you said, it's from birth. So he's two years old now or a year and a half, Yeah, year and 10 months, I think. And, um, the doctors have advised that if he's going to get the surgery, it needs to be before, uh, sooner the better, but before yeah. five, Yeah. because once he starts fully running and fully being active, his heart can basically break down at any moment. Yeah. Um, and that's why they were so concerned when we were in the house and he was crying when we first got there. You know, most families would just work it out, right? Give him a bottle, bring him back in a couple minutes. Right. He can't because if he keeps crying, his heart will work too hard and he'll, right. he'll pass out and potentially pass away. Yeah. Um, and so, so for them, they, they need this crucial surgery. That comes out to five hundred thousand pesos, which USD is about ten thousand um, dollars. Just to put that in perspective, like the average salary mm-hmm. for for somebody in the Philippines is about twenty thousand pesos, a um, couple hundred bucks a month. So uh, it's almost to, like an impossible save up, feat. Yeah, like if you didn't spend any money ever, um, bad at math. So let me <laughs> like that's. 25 months that's mm-hmm. over two years that yep. you have to save every single paycheck and not, spend, not buy food, no food not yep. pay rent mm-hmm. any of this stuff so that's you know in terms of timeline like he's you know he's essentially got three to four years to save up this money mm-hmm. that's I mean it's a, a huge feat and by that point he's going to hit the max age where they right. can't do the surgery anymore or where he's going to be at a place where it's just not going to be able to have the impact on him that it would have if he got it this year right um so yeah and, and you know being being in their home once again it's just like a little little nook and there's a bunk bed in there and like all four of them are yeah. in there you know and um they're doing everything we can I, we were honestly i think y- you as well we were both impressed with um their efforts thus far yeah. they've they've done some really cool fundraisers here in the philippines some raffles and they've they've raised um, what is it about 160 K? Yeah. So what is that? Like a, a couple thousand dollars, few thousand dollars. Yeah. I think two, uh, 3000, you know, and so we shared Harley's story on our Facebook and our Instagram and with, with one at a time, we really, we like to focus on making the direct impacts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by saying that, that's why we usually don't ever, um, help a lot with medical costs as much. We like to do, you know, direct experience, direct items, right. um, you know, groceries, things that are going to help 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 the child and the family right now for sure yeah. make an impact and make a moment yeah. make a memory but with Harley's situation his medical opportunity is direct impact Correct. if if yeah. we're able to you know fund this surgery he has a shot at life um, you know there's obviously side effects just like anything else but sure. this is a very point point blank sure. opportunity that if we can get him this surgery he can run. He could be normal. He can actually live a full life yeah. and not be stuck to a machine forever. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that's why, you know, we chatted about it. And that's something that we want to do and take care of this family when, uh, when we come back in May yeah. is make this happen for him. And it's, it's super fired up. We're super excited about it. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're really excited to follow, follow along on his journey and document it and, and share yeah. it with you guys when, when it's all said and done. Yeah. That's going to be, it's gonna be awesome. I mean, talk about making an impact. That's, mm-hmm. that's huge given giving this kid an opportunity to live a normal life and yep. get, get that surgery. Um, that's, that's great. I, uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time and I think that's probably a good, good note to, to land on. No, I love being here. It's great. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, is there, is there anything you want to add anything we didn't cover and then where can people find you or find one at a time and again we'll link out in the show notes Mm -hmm. yeah well you can find us on facebook instagram twitter all at campaign o a a t yeah that's it that's the handle and then i was thinking of the website the website's www.campaignoaat.org um and yeah what i want to leave people with is you know whether it's one at a time whether it's another foundation get involved give back uh, gratitude has propelled me in life, and I know Axel, you could you could say the same. It's yeah. just like whatever you're going through, um, keep pushing, um, live a life fulfilled, and and don't let 50 years pass you by without doing something. Because um, once again, I'm just grateful for the hard times. Looking back at, at so many low moments, it's just so cool to see where we're at and where we're headed. Because you know we chatted about this too. You know we're we're loving life, we're we're doing things, but yeah, we're nowhere near done. You oh, know, no. so yeah. much to do. Yeah, 100%. so so much to see. Um, and yeah, grateful so, to be here on the podcast. So last thing, sorry, uh, just just because you mentioned. Uh, so if people do want to get involved, obviously we we will link out, um, you know, to the the change maker program and mm-hmm. stuff where where people can, um, you know, donate or or where people can get involved with the expedition. But mm-hmm. um, is is there anything specifically where people can, yeah, get involved on like a ongoing daily basis type of thing definitely so it's going to be campaign org forward slash spread good squad and there you'll be able to see our volunteer application um, where yeah we'd love to get you involved ASAP we've also got a youth ambassador program super cool kids as young as four years old are able to get involved so if you're a parent listening in want to get your kids involved uh, we've got some awesome opportunities for them cool perks uh, different experiences we offer them as well so uh yeah, we're looking forward to getting getting more spread good squad members involved and uh, keeping helping kid keep helping kids here in the Philippines and the U.S. and maybe tag uh, tag along a couple other countries in 2020. Heck yeah, awesome. Cool. So just uh, last thing, just kind of since you you mentioned getting involved, uh, where can people go to to get involved? Obviously, there's there's the opportunity for the expeditions and stuff for people that are looking to to maybe make an impact. Um, you know, on a on a more regular basis, not just every six months or something. Where could they go? Definitely. So we have a really cool program we're really excited about called our Changemaker program, and that's for donors that can commit to donating a dollar a day. Mm-hmm. And and a dollar a day, it's unreal how far that goes um, within our organization. And we do some really cool stuff for them. Uh, they get our limited edition Changemaker bracelet. Which isn't sold in, yeah. in you know on the site. That's only for change makers. Um, they get volunteer opportunities that aren't offered to any anybody else. 
And then something we're really excited about we just launched within the Changemaker program is our exclusive content channel. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're actually sent emails and close friend Instagram updates, giving them content with families and experiences that nobody else gets. We actually run polls on those too. So sometimes I'll be at a store and be like, hey guys, should we rock with uh, this Barbie or that Barbie? You know, and and the Changemakers get to choose and be part part of the journey with us get super involved absolutely so to to join that program it's www.campaignoaat.org forward slash changemaker and there you can make your daily contribution um and and we're just super grateful to keep building that out and getting more people part of our community in 2020 it's awesome and so you can set that up just to automate Uh, auto renew yep just like a netflix subscription or a gym membership um you can pick you know we have people once again to become a change maker the minimum is a dollar a day so 30 bucks a month but we have people donating 50 bucks a month 100 bucks a month Mm -hmm. wherever your heart falls um you know every dollar really adds up and helps us help more kids that's great i love it okay well hey thanks for coming on the show um yeah that was just awesome to to hear you know your background experiences and everything and how it's led you to where you are today. Absolutely. Thanks for letting me share and thanks for having me on. Until next time. Thanks.